Thank you for joining us at the First Baptist Church of Coleraine, Massachusetts, as Pastor Jim Rennie continues to faithfully challenge and encourage us in the Word. And it is our prayer that this message will encourage the believer and bring the unbeliever closer to a saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, let's turn to the book of Galatians. We're going to be finishing today, the third chapter. Going to be reading from verse 15 to the end of the chapter. The law and the promise. Brothers, let me take an example from everyday life. Just as one can set aside or add to a human covenant that has been duly established, so it is in this case. The promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. The scripture does not say and to seeds, meaning many people, but and to your seed, meaning one person, who is Christ. What I mean is this, the law introduced 430 years later does not set aside the covenant previously established by God and thus do away with the promise. For if the inheritance depends on the law, then it is no longer depends on a promise. But God in his grace gave it to Abraham through a promise. What then was the purpose of the law? It was added because of transgressions until the seed, notice capital S, Christ, to whom the promise referred to had come. The law put into effect through angels by a mediator a mediator, however, does not represent just one party, but God is one. Is the law therefore opposed to the promises of God? Absolutely not. For if a law had been given that could impart life, then righteousness would certainly have come by the law. But the scripture declares that the whole world is a prisoner of sin, so that what was promised, being given through faith in Jesus Christ, might be given to those who believe. Before this faith came, we were held prisoners by the law, locked up until faith should be revealed. So the law was put in charge to lead us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. Now that faith has come. We are no longer under the supervision of the law. You are all sons of God through faith 
in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus if you belong to Christ. Then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Amen. <clears throat> Lord, give us understanding of your word this morning. May we be tuned in to the things that we've prepared for the people that are listening here and other places. Ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Titled this message, as you can see in the bulletin, we have inherited God's promises. The Apostle Paul had to write to the Galatian believers that were acting foolishly by following some false teachers who had convinced them to follow the Old Testament law, like circumcision, for example. Paul had to write to them because he said that you have been, who has bewitched you? Who has bewitched you? Now, he wasn't talking about the TV series with Elizabeth Montgomery. Remember that? When she used to wiggle the nose and then, you know, do the spells and all that. The word bewitched, I keep thinking of that tune. Bewitched, bewitched. Anyway, okay. the word bewitched means to be deceived. They were deceived because they were mixing law with grace. And we should know by now that we are made right with God. We are made righteous with God by faith alone in Jesus Christ. Amen? However, Paul asked, verse 21, is the law therefore opposed to the promises of God? Absolutely not. For if the law had been given that could impart life, which it cannot, amen? Only Jesus can do that then righteousness would certainly have come by the law. So if we could be saved through the law, then Jesus didn't need to come, amen? All right. The law was necessary, however, because it declares, amongst other things, God's standard of righteousness. The law is good. The law is perfect. The law is holy, holy, holy. But it could never take away sins. Verse 22, but scripture has locked up everything under the control of sin. The, the law reveals that we're sinners. We look into it and we say, hey, I can't keep even one of these, not 100% of the time. So that what was promised, who's that referring to? The Lord Jesus. So that what was promised, being given through faith in Jesus Christ, might be given to those who believe. The promise is that we'll have eternal life, believing by faith in Jesus. Like Abraham had eternal life, believing the promises of God. 
not by keeping the law. It didn't come along till 430 years after he died. Amen? The law was a temporary dispensation given by God to the people of Israel until the promised Redeemer would come who would fulfill the whole law because he was and is perfect. He's the only one that could keep the law 100% of the time because he is God. His name is Jesus, who alone can, has liberated us, believer, from the curse of the law simply by our believing faith in what he has done for us on the cross. Amen? So Paul writes, verse 15, Brothers, let me take an example from everyday life. You know, this, this guy would make a tremendous lawyer. Just as no one can set aside or add to a human covenant that has been duly established, so it is in this case, he's talking about covenant promises given by God to Abraham. For example, he says he's using from everyday life experiences. Some of you have probably made out a will. Uh, there's still time to change it and put my name in there as a, as a future beneficiary. I don't mind that. Um, some of you have made a will and you need, obviously, if you've got a will, you have to have witnesses. Amen? You have to have probably two, at least two witnesses, probably a notary, put that thing, that stamp of approval on it. And then it becomes a legal document. And there's still time to change the will, by the way. You can change it, rip the old one up, and put my name in it. Not really. Not really. You can if you want. But, and I'll promise to give a tenth to the church. All right. Now. When we make out a will, or whatever the case, it's a legally binding contract. Amen? It's a legally binding. However, did you know that a will can be contested? It can be contested. When my uncle in Australia, he didn't have any children. He had a couple of adopted boys. He left a large, well, I don't know what it is in dollars. It was 10,000 pounds to my mother, who was his sister. And one of the uh, adopted sons, he was wanting to contest the will, saying that him and his other brother, half-brother, step-brother, should get the inheritance and not give it to her. Anyway, it all worked out, and uh, my, my mom got the 10,000 pounds and she divided it up between myself and my sister because then she'd lose her benefits. <laughs> You're only allowed to have so much money and then you lose all the bennies that, that she worked hard for all her life when she retired. So what did I do with the money? I bought a motorcycle, which is now totally destroyed. <laughs> And I called it Arthur, after my great uncle in Australia, who is now departed. So, wills can be contested, in, sometimes in court. Sometimes it has to go to court by the relatives 
of the person that dies. I'll tell you a story that I read about. Let's call him Freddy. All right? Freddy knew that when his dad died, he would inherit his father's fortune of $2 million. And he was a single fella, homie. Is that what you call it? Homie? Homely? Homely. Ho huh? Yeah. Homely. Homely. Homely, right, right. Anyway, it's another, another language. I'm not used to it. And uh, he decided to have a woman to share in his fortune when his dad passed away. So when he met the most beautiful woman he'd ever seen in his entire life, he approached her and said, do you mind if I talk to you and, you know, can we go for a cup of coffee? So, okay, if you insist. So she went. And uh, he said to her, he said, that, you know, I may look ordinary, he says, but soon my dad is going to die and I'm going to inherit his fortune of $2 million. And if you marry me, then you can share my wealth with me. Oh, wow. She said, wow. I need time to think about this, she said. And she went home and she thought, she said, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know in due course. She said, I'll let you know soon at my, my decision. So she went home, gave it a lot of thought, thought about his proposal. And then two weeks later, she became Freddie's stepmother. Do you get it? She married Freddie's dad and then she got all his money. She's no dummy. So, wills can be contested. On the other hand, a covenant, especially one made by God, is more than just an agreement. It's an unbreakable contract. It's an unbreakable contract. And the covenant God made with Abraham and others, uh, Noah, David, especially Abraham in particular, it was never to be broken. Some covenants were conditional, other covenants were unconditional. The covenant made with Abraham was unconditional, that he would receive all the blessings that we're going to talk about in a minute, or I am. These covenants could never be broken but fulfilled in Christ Jesus, the promised seed. Right. Jesus said this, amongst other things, Matthew chapter 5, 17. Think not that I am come to destroy the law. All the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to Fulfill is the fulfillment of those promises. He's the only one that could ever keep the law because he was perfect. Nothing could, nothing can, nothing will, can ever change the promises of God because it's impossible for God to lie. He's not like a, a human being that can lie and do lie. And, of course, we know that Satan is the author of lies. And he is the father of lies. There's no truth in him. The law, as I said, as you read, 
came along 430 years after Abraham died, but it could not change God's covenant promises to Abraham. And there's a few reminders, some of you don't know, some of you may be listening wherever you may be, you don't know what the, the covenant promises are to Abraham. Number one, God made unconditional promises to Abraham that from his seed there would come a great nation. Who's that? Well, Israel, for a start, and there's also the Arab nations through his firstborn son, Ishmael, right? But the great nation of Israel, Father Abraham, is their patriarch. Number two, that he would make Abraham's name great, isn't it? All the, all the Arab people of the world, they see Abraham as their patriarch father. All the Israel see their Abraham as their patriarch father. His name is great. We're talking about him this morning, aren't we? Number three, he promised Abraham that those that would bless Israel would be blessed. Do you want to be blessed? Then bless Israel. And he said, those that curse Israel will be cursed. All right? So be careful never, ever to curse the people of Israel. Number four, he promised that from Abraham's seed there would come so many people that nobody could count them as the sands of, of, the, of the seashore. Can you count all, all those grains of sand? Just imagine. Anyone been to the beach lately? You know, it's, just, it's innumerable. You'd never be able to count them. And uh, all the nations of the world will be blessed through him. Not just the Jews. God bless them, but also the rest of us, the Gentiles. We can all be blessed, and we are blessed through God's covenant promises to Abraham. Are you with me so far? But how? How would we be blessed? If you don't know already, because through Abraham's seed would come the Messiah. Jesus Christ and all those that place their faith in him are blessed. Are you blessed this morning? Do you feel blessed? Are you blessed? Yep. Well, I've got one anyway. <laughs> that makes two of us. Thank you. Verse 7 and 8. Understand then that those who have faith are, not will, are, present tense, amen? Those who have faith are children of Abraham. That's you, that's me. Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles, how? By faith, and announce the gospel in advance to whom? Abraham, that, parenthesis, me, all the nations will be blessed through you, through you, because of God's covenant promises to Abraham. Due to our faith in Jesus Christ, we are now 
present tense. Children of God. How about that? We are children of God. We are beneficiaries of the promises of God given to Abe. Abraham. Okay. Verse Romans 8, 17. Listen. If you belong to Christ, and that's a do you? I hope so. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs, not heirs, heirs according to the promise. We're his beneficiaries because of our faith in Jesus Christ. Note, however, this promise from God, which is unconditional, to bless all the nations does not apply to everybody from every nation. It only applies to those who are born again through faith in Jesus Christ and from every nation. God's not willing that any should perish, that all should come to repentance. So whatever tribe or tongue or nation that you come from, you can be blessed, you can be a child of God, whether you're male, female, Jew or Gentile, through faith in Jesus Christ. But not everyone is a child of God. Only those who are born again. Are you born again? And if you are, present tense, in Christ, and Christ is in you, then you are one of Christ's inheritors of his covenant promise. And we know this because we have the Holy Spirit that testifies that we are children of God. Now listen, Romans 8, again, 16 and 17. The Holy Spirit himself testifies with our spirit, our human spirit, that we are God's children. So do you know? Do you know? Now we are children. Then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. That's our position in Christ. We're co-heirs with Christ. Inherited all the promises that he gave to Abraham because of the promised seed, Jesus Christ. After placing our faith in Jesus, who loved us, he died in our place, paying the price for our sins on the cross, we maintain our faith in him by living by faith every day until we die, or we should, every day we live by faith until he takes us home when we leave this world. Unfortunately, the Galatian church knew that initially, but then they got the false teachers coming in and bewitched them, deceived them. You've got to add the law to your simple faith in Christ by these false teachers. They said you must be doing. 
You must be doing. They have to place in their faith. Not what on Jesus has already done on the cross for them. They were expected to do themselves. Do themselves in their own strength. Trying to keep the law in their own strength without the aid of the Holy Spirit. Impossible. Impossible. And that's why so many of these religious people, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, they were miserable. They were miserable because they didn't have the Holy Spirit. Some of them got saved, however. Thank God. Some of them did get saved, some of those Pharisees. A, Paul, thank God. Saul was a Pharisee. Who else? Nicodemus. Uh, Joseph of Arimathea. He gave up his tomb for Jesus. He was a high-ranking Pharisee. A lot of them came to know Jesus. And then they received the Holy Spirit like we have. So, what God's word teaches, what Jesus accomplished, that all of us, we needed Jesus, who died on that cross. Now, having received him by faith in his finished work, we have the freedom. We, we are free. We're no longer under the shackles of the law. We're free. We've got the liberty, not only to believe, but also the power to live for God. We can live for God and have an abundant life. Do you have an abundant life? Do you have an abundant life? Do you, I, 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 is your life blessed? Mine is. Mine is. Because of Jesus. Because of my faith in Jesus. God knows where I'd be if he hadn't saved me. I don't know what I'd be doing. I might be dead. I don't know. No idea. But I'm a new creation in Christ now. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I'm not the same person. I, couldn't, I never could stand up here in front of you guys. Shy. I was the shyest kid in England. <laughs> I could never stand up in front of people. Never. Never. You read the story. I've got time. My sister used to be a, a, a dancer when she was a child in the chorus line, you know. And they put on this show for the uh, old age pensioners, what they call them over there, the seniors. And, uh, you know, the auditorium, and there's a stage and the curtains and all that. And everybody did their acts and people came on, told jokes. My sister was in the chorus line. Just a teenager, did the dance routines, you know. And she talked me in to going out and reciting a poem. I didn't want to do it. I was about seven, you know. I, I, I didn't even look out, you know, to see the people. I just saw this curtain and then it kind of threw me out onto the stage and the curtain opened. There was all these people. It was full of old age pensioners expecting me to say something. But what's this kid doing there, standing there like a spare part? And could I remember the poem? Was I about to recite it? No way. I just ran off the stage. <laughs> And they couldn't get me back on for love nor money. So, you know, we're not the same. Now let me close. Let's uh, read again the last three verses of the same chapter, 23 through 29. 25, I'm sorry. Yeah, 29. It's right the first time. Before this faith came... 
we were held prisoners by the law, locked up until faith should be revealed. So the Lord was put in charge to lead us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. Now that faith has come, we are no longer under the supervision of the law. You are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So there it is. For many has been baptized into Christ, has put on Christ or clothed with Christ. Once we receive Jesus as our Savior, we are put into Christ and he puts his righteousness in us, clotheth with the robes of righteousness. We pass from darkness to light, adopted into his family. It's then we become co-heirs with Christ and we receive the spiritual blessings as a child of God. Being in Christ, we are Abraham's spiritual heirs, Abraham's spiritual seed, heirs of the promises, that all the families of the earth will be blessed through Abraham's seed, as long as they have faith in Jesus Christ. We Christians are saved by faith in Jesus, continuously made holy by faith, being conformed to the image of God through faith in Jesus, continuously being made holy. One day, when our hearts stop beating, we shall be glorified because of our faith in Jesus. We'll be just like him. We'll receive a glorified body. So let us never forget the privilege that we have to be part of the family of God and the high price that Jesus had to pay to bring us to faith, to bring about our freedom from sin. Well, let's go, yeah, let's go. The law, for a start, through and sin, freedom from sin, freedom from death, and freedom from eternal condemnation. Eternal condemnation. So, don't tell me that we're not blessed. And also the freedom from the shackles of Satan who blinded our minds to believe lies, the devil. We need to fear God. If you're fearful, it's of the devil because perfect love casts out fear. Never fear the devil. He's just a created being. And his end is the lake of fire. Perfect love casts out fear. Don't fear the devil. Fear God. 
who has the power of life and death. The devil is all bark and no bite because Jesus knocked his teeth out when he died on the cross and he rose again from the dead. Amen? Amen. 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 All right, let's close in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful, we are so blessed that we are inheritors of the promises that you gave to Abraham, who is now in heaven. And one day that's where we will be. Not because we are good, not because we could keep the law, no other reason, simply by you revealing yourself by faith through grace in the Lord Jesus Christ, giving us the faith to believe. We are the chosen few, and our names are now written in the Lamb's Book of Life. There may be somebody, I know that there are, listening to this message, you don't know for sure that when you leave this world you're going to go to heaven you don't necessarily believe there is a heaven certainly don't believe there's a hell but let me tell you according to God's word there is and unless you receive Jesus Christ who loved you enough to die in your place on that cross that's where you will go and that's a promise from God's word. However, the good news is, that's the bad news. Here's the good news. If you call upon the name of Jesus Christ to save you because you're a sinner, that he died for you on that cross, that he was buried, you believe in your heart that he rose again from the dead. You confess it with your mouth that he did it for you and you call upon his name to save you and believe by faith what he did for you that you couldn't do for yourself, then you can pass from death onto life. And I hope you make that choice because it's the right one. Amen. Amen. Thank you again for tuning in. You can find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you find podcasts. We'd love for you to join us at the First Baptist Church in Coleraine for Sunday morning worship at 11 a.m. We are located at 81 Foundry Village Road, Coleraine, Massachusetts. If you have any questions or inquiries, please feel free to call the church at 413-624-8886. Hope to see you soon. God bless.